I'm what they call what the the, the what? no, what's the the break the guy that comes in and breaks the you know. You know what I mean? The warm-up act, the opening act, something like that. Yeah, headliner, no, not quite. I don't know. Anyway, whatever that is, that's what I am. Yes, yes, stirs up the crowd, yeah. So thank you for coming to week number three. I know we start on time, we end on time, and um, we start whether the people are here or not. I know they're on their way, but uh, that's okay. So I just wanted to remind uh, you all, that uh, we are just, it's not, it's not mandatory, but we're just offering a collection to Jaquise to bless her for what she's doing. And I had sent these um, slides out, and uh, Jaquise said, you know, Pastor, I just wanted to tell you, you know, those are copyright uh, things, and you know, uh, what, what is it? Uh, well, she's right here, so. <laughs> so I said, no problem, no problem, whatever, we'll just not do that. And then she texted me back and said, you know, I was praying about it, and the Lord said, let it be a gift unto you. So I was so happy for that, that I can send these out, and she's doing that because she loves us and she loves the Lord. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. So let's go with week three with Jaquise Edwins. What? Yeah? Testing one, two, three. I'm coming alive. There we go. I'm on the mic. Thank you very much. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Awesome. You guys are so amazing. I don't know if you know how amazing you are, but if you can come out on a Wednesday night in heat like this and be excited as you are to hear the word of God, I am just give yourselves a hand for that, please. Okay. That's just awesome. It's amazing. I told myself that you know, I've been born and raised in Southern California my whole life, and, you know, we have our summers, and we think it's really, really, really bad, but other people in other parts of the state were like, eh, that's nothing. But for me, the heat, I've always had trouble being productive in the heat. I would get sick in the heat. The heat was just not my friend. Finally, after all my years of living, January 1st, 2018, I finally said, you know what? Come what may this summer, I'm going to have a productive summer. I'm not going to get sick. It's not going to hold me back. Matter of fact, I'm going to do better than I ever have in this kind of heat. So I said, now I wasn't quite brave enough to say bring it on, but when it's here, I'm ready for it. I'm not going to invite it in, but when it comes, I can't let it slow me down. And I thank you guys for not letting it slow you down either. So I am ready. However, I noticed that um, our illustrious pastor left it to me to pray, so I'm going to pray us into this meeting tonight. So let's just bow our heads really quickly. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you together on one accord this evening. We give you all the praise, honor, glory, and adoration for what you have done and continue to do in our lives, Lord God. Thank you for this privilege and opportunity to fellowship with one another in your presence, being led by your precious Holy Spirit in the truth of your word. Help us all to have open ears and receptive hearts to that which you will show us and teach us tonight, Lord God, that we may leave here willing and obedient uh, to do what it is that you have instructed us and, you know, revealed to us, Lord God. Help us to have uh, not only an increase in our knowledge, but in our understanding, in 
and in our application of your word. So we commit this meeting to you tonight. Uh, move and have your way as you will. Use me, Lord. Speak to me and through me that it may be a blessing to your people. This I declare in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. All right. All right. So, like Pastor said, we are on week three, and I always like to ask who was here on week one? Got a couple hands. All right. Who stayed for week two? Right? And who's here tonight for the very first time? <laughs> awesome. A couple of new folks. Well, welcome to you guys. I hope you guys are um, going to enjoy yourselves. Those of us who have been on this ride, it's been a, a nice ride, and um, I've been excited and blessed that you have welcomed me into your home. So thank you very much. And as Pastor said, I also know that uh, next week is week four, and we're not sure which way this is going to go after that. But let me just say right now to each and every one of you who have uh, felt it in your heart to sow into my life. I thank you very, very much for your love gift offerings. Um, it is greatly appreciated. So thank you to each and every one of you for that as well. Okay, so tonight we are going to talk about some very fun topic of information, the fundamentals of faith. I've stretched it into four weeks, and if you noticed from last time what we were talking about, or on the flyers, we're actually going to be talking about moving mountains, and slaying giants. So this is a title that I like to use about how we can apply our faith in real life application. So moving mountains and slaying giants, there's gonna be some strategies from scripture that we're gonna to learn tonight about how we can manifest victory in our lives, right? So before I get started on the, the main topic of the night for our scriptures, I also realized that in the short time that I've been with you guys, some of you have heard me speak before, some of you haven't. You may not know that much about me. So I said, okay, let me give you two minutes of a quick snapshot um, about the woman standing before you in case you're curious or whatnot. And um, I always like to say anytime I have an opportunity to brag about being a mother, it's an op you know, a wonderful opportunity. So that's the most proudest thing I, uh, accomplishment that I have. I am a mother of two sons. I used to say two boys, but they are grown men now. So I have a uh, young one who's going to be 22 next month. That's my baby. And his name is Carl. And my oldest son, who is 27, his name is Jordan. And they are the loves of my life. You know, they, they keep me, they take care of me, and they love me. Uh, I've been a single mom my whole life, so I haven't been married. And I always like to make this joke where I tell people, please keep my future husband in your prayers because he has yet to find me and time is running out, okay? So we got to get this thing going. So I, I believe in corporate prayer, right? The power of that. So um, I always like to, to joke about that. But yeah, I have, I have two boys and I, I love them dearly. My oldest son, part of my testimony though that I wanted to share with you guys because we're talking about faith, he actually is the result of faith because Jordan, I did not meet until he was 16 years old. So I used to be a social worker and I worked in foster care and adoptions and Jordan used to be a client of mine. And to make a long story short, God brought us together and at 16 years old, he became my adopted son. So it took a whole lot of faith to walk that out. And even after that, there was a season that I had to go through, that I call my wilderness journey, that my faith 
was put to the test beyond anything it had in any other part of my life. However, coming out of that, right, I am, again, like I said, very happy to say that both my boys are, um, you know, smart, educated, never been in trouble. Again, love the Lord, hallelujah, okay, that's the main thing, right? Um, right now, they're both also dating young women that have finally got the seal of approval from mom, so I'm teaching them how to lead her into uh, this walk with God as well. So I'm just really excited. And now that they're grown and doing their own thing, it gives me an opportunity to spread my wings. And um, I'll just tie it together to let you know that when I was in social work and did the adoption, I took some time off. And when I tried to go back, it was a whole different ball game for me. Things uh, in the industry had changed, but I had changed also. And I can remember going to work one day and uh, coming home completely frustrated, completely unfulfilled. The one thing that I used to love to do was no longer giving me that love, and I prayed and I asked the Lord, what, what is it, what is going on? What is it that you want me to do because I feel like this isn't working anymore? And that's when he opened up um, this path of teaching his word and being um, a coach and helping people grow in their development of their faith in the relationship with God. And so starting a business on my own and, you know, adopting a son and doing all these things that I never, ever thought I'd be able to do is all because of faith. So I just wanted to kind of share that with you to let you know that, you know, experientially as well as professionally, I have been able to apply these principles as well. So I always challenge you guys when you're sitting out there, you know, the whole point is for you to think about where you can apply this in your own life. And so we're going to do some reflective introspective work tonight as well, but we're going to have fun at the same time, okay? All right, so faith that moves mountains and slays giants, learning to apply our faith in real-life situations. So when I came up with this topic, there were two fundamental or two foundational scriptures that I like to look at that I'm going to extract some principles from that are going to help us succeed at completing this task. These principles are designed to help us manifest victory. Because again, God's word is power, and it's a promise that's already been given to us. But how do we actually manifest it? How do we actually get it to come to pass in the here and now? How do we apply it to the challenges of our everyday life? These are the questions that we want to ask and the answers that we want to find. So the two scriptures that we're going to look at tonight, and you can write them down, they are going to be up on the PowerPoint, and you'll be able to read along because I have a different version of um, translation that I'm using that might be different from your Bible, but it's going to be from Mark 11:22 through 26, and some of you probably are most familiar with Mark 11:22 and 24. When we get to the moving mountains part, you'll be familiar with that, but we're going to go into some more detail. And then the second one is going to be from 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 32 through 51. These are our foundational passage of scriptures for tonight. Okay, so what I want you guys to know that we're using this metaphor tonight, right? Moving mountains and slaying giants. Anything that threatens your ability to receive God's promises being made manifest in your life is considered a mountain and it must be moved or a giant that must be defeated. 
So being able to identify these hindrances in your own personal life is crucial. Okay, so this is where, like I said, right here, right now, we're going to start to identify for ourselves what this means for us personally. Anything that threatens your ability to receive the promises of God is a mountain that must be moved and a giant that must be defeated. All right? So with that being said, I think it's really, really, really important that we first define what are we talking about when we say mountains? What are we talking about when we say giants? So my question to you on the um, next slide is going to be, what are some of the mountains that you are currently facing or some of the giants that you are currently facing in your life right now? And I know they're going to catch up a little bit. It should say, what are some of the mountains and giants you are facing currently or in the past? So I know some of you are a little bit shy, but I think I might have a few people who can help me out here, and then we'll kind of all join in. If I were to ask you to just randomly think of what would you consider to be a mountain that's in the way right now for you receiving the promises of God, what would you say? Just randomly shout something out to me out there. Fear. Thank you. Fear is a huge mountain and a giant that gets in the way of us receiving the promises of God. Yes? All right, so I heard fear, and I agree. What else? Doubt. Doubt. Amen. Absolutely. Doubt is another one. Huge, huge mountain and giant that must be defeated. What else? What else do we deal with in our lives? Okay, I heard pride. You say health? Health. Okay, so sickness then, right? Because health is what we want, but sickness is the mountain that must go and the giant that must be slayed. Absolutely, absolutely. Pride, sickness, fear, doubt. Those are like some of the major ones. What can we think of also? Ha ha! I had two people at the same time say the word finances. So the way that I look at it as defining it this way is I've categorized that as lack. Okay, lack of finances, right? So lack of finances, even lack of resources, right? Okay, lack of opportunities, right? Okay, all of those things can go under that umbrella that are tools and vehicles that we use to get to finances. Lack of faith, oh my, absolutely. Lack of faith, lack of faith, right? So you see, you see how you're thinking about this now? We're already taking a biblical principle of moving mountains and slaying giants and applying it to real life situations. What else, did anybody have anything else different? Insecurities. You guys must have looked at my notes before you came tonight, huh? Okay. Insecurities. Absolutely. Insecurities, right? That can really, really be a, a block in manifesting the promises of God. Absolutely. Anyone else? Anger. 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 And for those of you who were here last week or who listened to it online, a lot of these are emotional-based things, right? And we talked about how to conquer 
those things by allowing our faith to override the emotions because if not, it's going to, again, become, and here's for my visual display, I have a huge ladder that I asked Pastor to bring out to the front because I want you guys to constantly be in remembrance that something like this big here, this is a mountain. This is a giant, okay? I don't even know how tall it is, but it's taller than me, and it's in my way. So if I had labels, I could put anger on here, fear, doubt, insecurity, whatever it is, this right here, this ladder at the front of this room is going to represent the mountain and the giant that must be defeated. So when I said you guys were cheating and looking at my notes, I didn't put it on the PowerPoint, but the things that I came up with, and you guys can jot some of these down if you want, or you know, if you have something else that comes up that we don't talk about, just let me know. So I wrote down fear or phobias, okay? Talking about mountains here. Insecurity was on my list. Guilt and shame. Okay, those also came up in the uh, message about emotions. Guilt and shame. Lack, okay, so I had lack of resources, lack of opportunities. We talked about lack of faith. What about lack of knowledge, right? And even lack of achievement. I know in life that lack of achievement has been something that has blocked individuals from possessing the promise, and we want to be able to conquer that. So, lack of achievement. Sickness. We talked about sickness being a mountain. What about addictions? That was a good one. When the Holy Spirit revealed that to me, I was like, absolutely. And we can put, again, all kinds of addictions under one huge umbrella, but those are mountains. We talked about finances. I also had it written as debt. Just plain and simple, call it what it is, debt, unsurmountable debt sometimes, right, is an absolute mountain in our lives. Temptations, temptations of all kinds can get in the way, absolutely. Your diet. <laughs> oh, the temptations of your diet. Yes, absolutely. It manifests itself in all kinds of ways. Everyday living. I'm telling you, we think of the big mountains, but there could be some, you know, some smaller mountains, but they have a big impact because they what they cause lack of faith, right? And we know how important it is. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Everything in the kingdom of God operates by faith. So we cannot allow that to happen. What about rejection? What about rejection, right? A mountain that sits on the inside of us and paralyzes us sometimes from moving forward and pursuing the promise. I tell people all the time, the promise is there for you, but you have to pursue it, okay? It's not gonna just drop in your lap. You have to pursue it. Um, so I said rejection, past hurts or mistakes, okay? A lot of us carry those burdens, burdens are a mountain, right? Past mistakes or hurts. This one came up in a, a topic of conversation a lot this week with some of my clients. Persecution and criticism and judgment. Oh, how those things can become mountains in our lives, right? Persecution. Family feuds, right? Family feuds, family dysfunction. What about um, pain? 
or grief of loss. That can be a mountain in people's lives. And then I also wrote down on here self-sabotage. I was the queen of self-sabotage before I learned how to effectively live by faith and conquer the mount, or defeat the giants and, and move the mountain of self-sabotage out of, my, out of my life because one of the things that helped me do that was learning how to receive the grace of God. When I learned how to receive the grace of God, those self-sabotaging behaviors um, were eliminated. But, um, and this may or may not apply to you, but just to get you thinking for your own personal life, I'm also currently working with someone right now where their mountain is infertility. I have a married couple right now that is struggling to get pregnant, and that has been for three and a half years now a mountain, and they're learning right now what to do about casting it away. So those are just a few examples, okay? Those are a few things for you to think about. Apply which ones are for you, or if you have your own, you can write those down for yourself, but you just need to be aware. You need to be aware because we cannot change what we do not acknowledge, okay? So with that being said, what I want to do next is actually look at the scriptures that we are using as our foundation for tonight. So on the next slide, it's going to talk about um, the first scripture, which is in Mark. So we're going to go to Mark 11, and we're going to look at scriptures 22 through 26. Now, for me, I love reading God's word from the Amplified Version. And for those of you who don't know, the Amplified Version of the Bible is that long, extended version where they put all kinds of extra words in there for emphasis, but I'm sort of an emphasis kind of girl, so I like that. So what we're going to read tonight on the screen may be different from what you have in your, uh, in your lap or at home, your translations, but nevertheless, God's word is the same, and we will get the message across. So if I'm not mistaken, all right, there we go. We are on the board with Mark 11, 22 through 26 from the Amplified Version. I'm going to read and then we're going to go back over it. And I think, oh good, my highlights actually show up on the board. So thank you, Pastor, wherever you are who had me. Thank you. Put it on this, uh, this display here because it can, you can see it a little bit. The next slides will be a little bit bigger in the font. But let's read through this, okay? Mark 11:22 through 26 in the Amplified Version says this. Jesus replied, have faith in God constantly. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart in God's unlimited power, but believes that what he says is going to take place, it will be done for him in accordance with God's will. For this reason, I am telling you, whatever things you ask for in prayer, in accordance with God's will, believe with confident trust that you have received them and they will be given to you. Let's go to the next verse. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him 
Drop the issue, let it go, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you your transgressions and wrongdoings against him and others. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your transgressions. So, that was a little lengthy, but there's some things that I want us to point out in this scripture. So, the next slide after this that gives you the, uh, the scriptures is going to say this particular passage of scripture outlines specific prerequisites on how to successfully move any mountain you come up against in life. And we're going to look at their strategic formula. Okay, I'm not a math geek, but I know A plus B equals C. Like, this is what we're going to go through, and we're going to walk through this scripture, and we're going to learn specifically a strategic formula from this scripture passage on how to move mountains. And the reason why I highlighted some of those words is because those were the parts that give us the formula. So the first step in moving your mountain, and remember what we labeled those mountains as, we must have faith in God. And then the Amplified Version said constantly, okay? And what I have come to have a revelation about that is the distinction that we made last week about how sometimes we might have wavering in our minds or in our head, but it's our hearts that matter. So with this, have faith in God constantly in your heart, okay? I know for a fact that even if doubt comes to my head, my heart is sold on the fact that I believe this word. And so I can tell my mind to line up with what's in my heart, and that is that I have faith in God. So again, here's number one, faith. Faith in God constantly. Number two, that passage of scripture we just read said that we must speak to the mountain and command it to be cast away. Now this one I love because, again, this is our mountain, right? How many of us have been taught and have tried ourselves to climb the mountain, right? Push the mountain, right? Go around the mountain. This scripture tells us to what? Speak to the mountain and command it to be cast away. I also was learning that the definition of cast away, this isn't just a very passive command. Casting, when they use this term, when they're talking about the fishermen of these days, this casting is a forceful thrusting of something. And it's not just a sort of uh, casual sort of tossing, right? So this mountain must be cast away. It says into the sea. And what I like to point out here is something that I've heard someone say, and I use it a lot. He says, speak to the mountain. Why? Because everything in the kingdom of God is voice activated. Everything in the kingdom of God is voice activated. When God said, God said, let there be light, and there was light, right? He didn't think it. He didn't feel it. He said it. So he has given us the same power to create our circumstances with 
our words. So the second thing we have to do is we have to speak to that mountain and command it to be cast away. And that mountain, again, if that mountain is fear, oh no, fear. Fear don't live here no more, right? I have to open up my mouth and I say, I cast you out, and I'm going to get ahead of myself, so I better slow down. I was just about to give away the next answers here, but let me go back a little bit. So speak to the mountain, cast it away. Command it. Command it. That's another word. Command it. Don't ask it. Don't say, um, you know, don't, don't be polite with it. It's not your friend, okay? Command it. You have that authority. I want to make sure that's emphasized for you guys, all right? So number three is what we were talking about that is actually a mountain in and of itself, doubt. Do not doubt in your hearts. He said specifically, he made that distinction. He didn't say don't doubt in your mind. He said don't doubt in your heart. So that is the number three, the third step, excuse me, in this line of prerequisites, all right? Now before the mountain's gonna move, these are the things we have to do. That's why they're called prerequisites. All right, number three was do not doubt in your heart. Number four, okay, so this is on the next slide. Number four is going to say, we must believe, right? Believe that what we say when we speak to that mountain is actually going to come to pass. Is actually we have to believe that what we say is going to come to pass is going to happen so I again I emphasize that this isn't well when I say it I'm gonna sit and wish for it to happen oh I wish that mountain would so move oh I wish you know it sure would be nice if that mountain of fear would finally leave you know it's a belief that nope I said it I believe it and it's done, okay? So there's a conviction there that you must have when you speak to your mountains and believe that what you say, what you say will come to pass. Number five, we must ask according to God's will. In the Amplified version that we read, it gave a, um, I'm, it sort of, it said, you can ask, but then in parentheses it said, according to God's will. So there's a caveat there that must be met first, and we have to ask according to his will. We can't ask willy-nilly for things that are not in his word or that don't line up with his word. Everything that we've identified so far tonight, though, as a mountain, we can all agree on that that's God's will. It's not his will for us to be fearful or to be, excuse me, um, insecure or any of those things, and all those things can be found in scripture. So um, I used to hear people teach on this and joke about how you cannot ask. If, if the mountain that's in your way is someone else's husband or wife, and you try to cast that thing away for your own good, it's not going to work. <laughs> okay, that does not line up with God's will. He is not going to move that out of your way so that you can have it. However, right, if there is something that's blocking your relationship in your spouse or getting in the way of your children and that kind of thing, then yes, absolutely, you have a right to speak to that thing. Um, you don't want to covet, right, and ask for that and expect God to, to do that for you. So week one, we talked about faith versus foolishness. 
it applies here too. So let's remember that as well. Okay, so number five was ask according to God's will. People always say, I don't know what God's will is. It's in his word. Find a scripture to stand on that speaks to what it is that you're talking about with regards to that mountain, and there you have his will. You may not know his timing, okay, but you can know what his desire for you is based on what he says in the scriptures. So, number six, the sixth step. We must confidently trust that we have received the moment we ask. Okay, confidently, I love the superlatives that are in the Amplified Version. They leave no room for misunderstanding. He's telling you exactly how to do it. Confidently trust. And sometimes that's just a choice. It's not a feeling, okay, because you may not always feel like it, but it's a choice. It's a choice to trust that you have received it the moment you ask for it. Not when it shows up. We know how faith works. Faith is believing in what we cannot see, right? And the fact that we believe it is what makes it seen. So our, God's formula usually contradicts the world's formula many times, right? So we have to make sure that we're on the right page with what God is expecting. And he says that you confidently trust that you receive the moment you ask. If you're, we talked about sickness being a mountain, if you are believing for that mountain of sickness to be moved and you've prayed, you believe you receive your healing right then and there. Even if you still have a pain, even if you still have symptoms, you continue to confess the promise until it comes to pass. You believe you receive it even before it becomes tangible. Okay? So, number seven. This is the one where people said, okay, you had me, one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, man, number seven. Number seven says we must forgive oh, and let go of anything we are holding against anyone. Oh, that's why that mountain's not moving yet, because I have unforgiveness in my heart? Oh, man, that's why that mountain isn't moving yet, because, you know, I, I still have resentment built up in my heart? Yeah. According to scripture, okay, according to Mark 11, 22 through 26, what we just read, yeah, that's what it is. So, again, forgiveness, though, here's the good part, has nothing to do with your feelings. You may not feel like forgiving someone, or you may not even feel like you have when you say you have, but if you're confidently trusting, right, in what you say, then you say, Lord, search me because I don't want anything to stand in my way of your promise coming in. And if I'm having a hard time with number seven of forgiving, listen, forgiving and letting go does not mean that we are saying that whatever happened was right. Because we don't, you know, I don't know. Whatever it is, a lot of times people say, well, I'm not going to forgive them because that means they're going to get away with it and this, that, and the other. Listen, we are not the judge of that. Let God, he is your vindicator. Whatever it is, he will ensure that if they need to get something for it, they'll get it. But you don't want to block yourself from getting what you deserve because you won't let it go. Okay, must forgive and let it go. Anything we're holding against someone. And I said, whew, okay, that right there is probably what holds most people up. And it's simple. It says, 
anything, I think I said this in either week one or week two, and I said even the things that God asks us to do, he asks us to forgive, he never asks us to do anything without his help. So you just ask him, Lord, I need help forgiving. And I will be the first one to say that the hardest person I needed to know how to forgive was myself. Because I did a lot of things in life that I was holding on to, that I was shameful about, that I had guilt about, and it became a mountain for me. And it was blocking my blessings. And so the Lord taught me how to receive his grace and forgive myself for letting it happen or not knowing any better, whatever it is. Trust me, the Holy Spirit will help you do this so that you can walk through every single step successfully. And you keep walking through that formula, one through seven, every single day until that mountain is physically out of your way. Amen? All right, so look, that is a strategic biblical principle that you now have step by step that when that thing faces you, you no longer become a victim. I wrote something down here that I wanted to make sure I told you guys. I told you, number one, that everything in the kingdom of God is voice activated, right? So we talked about speaking that thing out. A lot of times, you know, we're uncomfortable with that because we might be around people and people might think you're a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs if you start, you know, speaking out loud some things about casting your mountain away. But there are times when it's just you and, you know, me, myself, and I by yourself, and you can speak that. And you know what else? I'll make this distinction too. It didn't say speak loudly. It just said speak. Sometimes you can just whisper. It still counts. It still counts, okay? So just make sure you are audibly articulating in some form or fashion the speaking. So everything is voice activated. I've heard this many, many of times, both uh, in sermons, in pulpits. I've seen it on Facebook everywhere. But if you have not heard this, I'm going to tell it to you tonight. As Christians, every single one of us in here, I want you to not go and talk to God about how big your mountains are. I want you to go to that mountain and talk to it about how big your God is. Okay? I will say it again. Do not talk to God about how big your mountains are. You go and talk to those mountains and tell them how big your God is. That right there, I'm telling you guys, I'm going to get fired up before the night is over because this is one of those topics where, from experience, I have learned. I've seen mountains move. I get passionate about it. I've seen giants defeated, and we're going to get to that one next. And I get passionate about it because I want each and every one of you to walk out of here with the confidence that you can do it too. So um, the other thing that I have down on here, let's see. Okay, it also says, do not doubt in the dark what God promised you in the light. What that means is sometimes, you know, we got the scripture. Tonight we're in the light. We got the scripture. We're all here. We're, you know, on one accord. We know what we're going to do. We go out there, and it can get real dark. We can get real lonely, you know, and we might start thinking, well, do I really believe that? Is that really going to happen? I don't know, Lord. He says, do not doubt in the dark what I promised you in the light. His promises remain fixed no matter what. And that's good news. That's good news. We have someone on our side who has given us the victory in advance. 
That's what it means. You guys have heard the scripture, we are more than conquerors. That's what it means to be more than a conqueror. You go into the fight already having the victory. Already. So I already know whatever may come, God has already not only given me the victory, he's equipped me with everything that I need to be able to manifest that. Do you have a question? what God said yeah. in the light. Because, I mean, like you said, something about, like, going outside, mm-hmm. but the verse I didn't give it. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I need a visual of that. Well, it's just like, if, if you're believing, and I'll just try to off the, ramp, off the top of my head, let's say you're believing God for a new job, okay? And let's say you found the scripture that God says that, you know, he will meet all of your needs, right? And you're standing on that scripture. So you go out, and you start filling out applications, you start going on interviews. And remember I said one of those mountains was rejection? So you start getting one rejection after another, after another, right? And it starts to get real gloomy now, right? It starts to look real dark. And you start saying, well, God, are you really going to bless me with a job? I thought you said you were going to bless me with a job. You know, it doesn't look like it because I keep getting this, knowing that, knowing this, and that. Don't doubt based on, again, what you see and what you feel. The word is true and it remains stable. She's laughing, so I must be touching on something that's truthful, <laughs> you know, in some way or another. So but okay. Okay. Yeah, the things don't start going your way as you expect it. And not only do we doubt what God said, but then we also try to manipulate sometimes, right? And we try to, you know, take shortcuts. Or we just try to do something to make it happen. And he's saying, I always, I use this term a lot, stay in your lane. Just stay in your lane. That's where you need to be. That's where it's going to come. Don't veer to the left or the right. And, but you were right. She mentioned that she didn't have a scripture necessarily that she was standing on for that. So whatever you guys are each believing God for out there, and I think it comes up in this lesson, you have to have a promise that you're meditating on, that you're standing on, that you can speak out and confess over and over and over again. I always say also don't let time rob you of your promise either, right? God does not operate in time. He is in a continual now state. So as far as he's concerned, it's done now. We're the ones who live in a physical, three-dimensional world where time exists. So I always say, if I still got breath in my body, this promise is still coming to me. Okay, so again, maybe you start to pray, Lord, okay, I've been going down this way. If you need to reveal to me something else, but you never, ever, ever, the promise will always remain even if the process changes. Okay, so maybe you'll start to look in a different direction or do something different, but never doubt that his will is for you to be, let's say, gainfully employed or have healing in your body or have your families restored. I don't care if Uncle Bobby Jim or whoever is still acting up and doesn't seem to even want to hear anything about salvation. You continue to hold on to the promise that God made that you and your family and your family, your generation from generation to generation will be saved. And you confess that till your very last breath. Amen? All right. All right. So now that we have looked at a strategic formula for moving mountains, 
This ladder here is also a metaphor for giants. And I love this next passage of scripture. So we're going to move into what it means to slay giants. What it means to slay giants. We're going to look at a passage of scripture, and this one's going to be kind of lengthy, but hang with me. It's from 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 32 through 51. All of us know this passage of scripture because it depicts the famous encounter of David and Goliath. We've all grown up on it. It's been children's book stories. We, you know, movies about it. But it teaches us, if we look at the scripture and we dissect it the same way we did Mark, it's going to teach us and give us a strategic formula on how to slay giants. So, same thing. Giants are those things that are standing in the way of you manifesting the promise of God. So, I believe my version is also from the Amplified Version, and I believe that I will have the verses that are on the next screen highlighted certain points that I want to emphasize, and that's going to give us our steps for how to slay our giants. So if you'll just bear with me, and let's read through slaying giants, starting at verse 32. It says, Then David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him, meaning Goliath. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. Verse 40. Then David took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and he put them in his shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had and his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. Next slide. Verse 45. Then David said to this Philistine, You come to me with a sword and a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Next slide, verse 47 says, Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with the sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into my hands. Verse 48, So it was when the Philistine arose, and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. Then David put up, excuse me, then David put his hand in the bag and took out a stone, and he slung it, and it struck the Philistine in his forehead, so that the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. Verse 50, next slide. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore, David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword and drew it out of the sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. 
And when the, Philistines, when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Okay, so that entire verse of scripture from 1 Samuel 17, 32 through 51, and I sort of cut and pasted just for the sake of time some of that material. But the highlighted points that I'm going to go through for this step is what I want you guys to get ready for. So buckle up your seatbelts. So we're going to go to the next slide, and it says, Slaying Giants, we're going to examine a strategic action plan, once again, that can be implemented whenever we face or come up against a giant. And again, just for the sake of keeping us aware and accountable of what we're talking about, anything that's getting in the way of your promise from coming to pass, whether that's fear, insecurities, doubt, sickness, debt, lack of anything, okay? Any good, God says you will lack no good thing. So if anything that's good that you're supposed to have, God wants you to be blessed with it. And the enemy, unfortunately, is going to show up and bring opposition. But we have a plan for that opposition, right? So the very first step when we look at this scripture and we dissect it down, our action plan is this. We must not, step one, let our hearts be troubled by the fight. Don't let your hearts be troubled by the fight. That means don't worry, don't get anxious about it, okay? Again, in your heart, you might feel it. You know, I don't know if I said this to you guys when we were talking about emotions, but I made a distinction that fear and courage are two different things. Courage is what actually helps you override the fear, right? So you're gonna feel fear, it's a human emotion, but courage is gonna allow you to override that fear and go on forward in the face of it. So do not let your hearts be troubled. That's the first step. Now, when you face your giant, step two says that we must declare that the Lord will deliver us when? Now. Remember how I said about the mountains you have to believe you receive now? It's the same thing with this action plan here. We must declare that the Lord will deliver us now, just like he did in the past. I'm very big on teaching my clients about how to keep a gratitude journal, about writing things down about how God came through for you once, because if he did it then, he's going to do it again. Okay. <laughs> I love my girl in the front row's got a journal, I like it. She's already on it, okay? So, but that word declare, that's another speak command, okay? Declare is an authoritative command. We declare that the Lord will deliver us right now, just like he did in the past. You make that declaration. That's your second step for slaying this giant. Step number three, and again, this is where <laughs> we start going. It's like, okay, I'm good with that. And then we get step three, and it says, draw near to the giant. Wait, what? Yeah, David because he didn't let his heart be troubled and he knew God was going to deliver him, he actually took the initiative to draw near to Goliath. And it says, without being intimidated by them. Please, please, please don't let your giants intimidate you. That is a lie from Satan. He wants you to think that you're the victim. You are the victor, okay? This is what I need you to have your mindset 
on because the more you meditate on that in your mind, it does seep into your heart, and now you are in position to gain your victory. So don't let it intimidate you. You guys know how they say these little, um, like with dogs, they're, you know, they're all bark and no bite kind of thing. That's what it is. This giant right here is all bark, but no bite, right? So we, can, we should not let ourselves be intimidated by it and be bold enough and brave enough and courageous enough to actually draw near to it. Take it on, face it head on, okay? That was the third step. And like I said, if I'm going a little bit fast, don't worry because the pastor has already told you you'll be blessed with these notes in your email if you have it and would like to receive them. So, but I do want you guys to participate in class as well with that. So number four, we're going to go to the next slide because we're going to continue this strategic action plan for slaying giants. Number four, we must address every giant in the name of the Lord. There is power in his name. Remember how he said, you come at me with a, a sword and a javelin, but I come to you in what? The name of the Lord of hosts. In Jesus' name, giant, be done. Okay, mountain, be moved. Whatever it is, you must declare it in the name of the Lord because there is power. I've said it again, command, authority. You guys have this living on the inside of you, okay? That's number four. Address every giant in the name of the Lord. Number five, we must declare daily that victory is ours and claim it before it even manifests. I kind of said this a little bit earlier, but now we see it here as part of our action plan. Even if that giant still takes a while to hit the ground, just know that when you opened up your mouth, you hit it once, you open up your mouth again, you hit it again, and you just keep hitting it and hitting it and hitting it every day until it goes down, okay, until it is defeated and until your promise is made manifest. Declare it every day that victory is yours. That's number five. All right, number six. We must recognize that our victory is a demonstration to the world that our God is real. I love it. David said, not only am I going to defeat this giant, but when I do, all your people going to know the God that I serve. He's real. So you best not come back around here no more, right? So again, David was not intimidated at all. He was fully convinced that he was going to be able to take down this giant with his, and I got a revelation when I was reading this again, um, when I was reviewing my notes, a revelation that I did not put in this step was that David was able to defeat his giant with what he had in his possession. So remember how I said God has already equipped you with everything that you need to defeat your giants, right? He had five stones and a slingshot, and he didn't need a big gun, a javelin, or a sword, or any of that. God was able to give him the victory with what he had. That's very important. That just came to me when I was reviewing this tonight. But your victory is a demonstration to the world. I was talking with someone earlier about how our testimony, you know, the word says that we overcome by the word of our testimony, right? Absolutely. So when you start slaying these giants and moving mountains, don't be afraid to go and tell somebody, right, that it was your faith in God that made it 
happen because they're looking and searching for answers out there in the world and they're not getting it. We need to be able to share this gift and this knowledge that we have and this power that we have to get victory. But God himself is real. So there's a few more steps of this. I know it's a little bit lengthy, but I'm telling you, this is the best stuff you guys are going to have all week. I'm feeding on this and it's going to keep me going for a good long while. And I hope you guys are being fed too. So number seven about slaying giants. We must recognize that the battle belongs to the Lord and he fights for us. So again, the reason why David was able to slay the giant wasn't because he was so buff and strong and had, again, all of the right um, strong equipment. He had God Almighty really fighting for him. The fight that we fight and the fight that David fought is what? The good fight of faith. Absolutely. Faith is where you do your fighting, ladies and gentlemen, okay? Don't try to toil going head to head with your giants or with your mountains. You leave the heavy lifting, as they say, to God. That's what he specializes in. What you want to do is just exercise and develop your faith. So, number eight, we must show no mercy towards the giants we face. This goes to what I said earlier about not being intimidated by your giants. David certainly showed no mercy to that giant because not only did he kill him, but after he was dead, he just continued to go at it, right? He cut his head off and fed it, right, to the animals. He said, this right here, I'm going to make sure that you understand there is no mercy for those giants. That fear, no mercy. Show fear, no mercy. Show sickness, no mercy, okay? Number nine, we must recognize that our victory brings defeat to the devil and his army. At the end of that scripture, David said, not only did I defeat you, but then when the army saw, when the Philistines saw that Goliath was dead, it said they fled too, okay? So guess what? When you defeat fear, guess, what's, guess what else is leading? Doubt, insecurity, lack, right? All of those things that we talked about earlier, fear of rejection, pain of grief, all of that stuff is going to flee also. So continue, continue to recognize that it is a total wipeout. It is total victory when you are able to slay your giants. It defeats the devil and his army. They always tell, I say, y'all don't know who you're messing with. When the devil starts messing with me, I say, you messed with the wrong one. Do not underestimate this petite little, nice little girl, because when I know what I know with my faith, it's on, as they say. And again, I get real adamant, real passionate about it, because I don't like sickness. I don't like fear. I don't like those things not only messing with me, but I don't like them messing with my family either. So that's when, you know, and I'm a mama bear. I told you guys that in the beginning. Oh, it's on, as they say. So I love, when I get this, I say, let's go. Let's go. I'm going to write, draw near. I'm going after it. And I'm not only going to conquer it for me, I'm going to teach all of you how to conquer it too. Amen? All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have come to that point of our meeting where now you get to take what you've learned and put it into action for yourself. So we're going to go to the next slide and we're going to talk about our action plan. This is what I call your homework assignment, so to speak, okay? So, number, or action plan should be the, there we go, all right. So, in order to illuminate, right, your understanding of God's word, 
you must learn to study scripture in the manner that was demonstrated above. Dissecting each verse word by word, line by line, and using a highlighter if you need to, to emphasize those key terms, right? So this is what I, I, you know, we have to become students of the word if we want it to be effective in our life. So when you read a scripture, I want you to find key words that you can extract from it that are those power words, that are those action steps that you need to be able to do. Dissect it word by word. Emphasize those key terms so that it illuminates your understanding. Okay, that's one thing that you can do. The next thing that you can do is practice this technique on additional passages of scripture that focus on the victory that we have in Christ. So again, what I was saying earlier, whatever your mountain or your giant is right now, you go to the word, you do some research, you find scriptures that speak to that particular thing, and you continue to meditate on it, read it, write it, confess it. I put a couple of them in here with regards to our victory in Christ that you can jot down, and I'm not going to read them tonight, but it came from 2 Corinthians 10.4. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, that one talks about the armor of God, that one's really good, and Romans 8, 35 through 39. If you write those scriptures down and you go back and you did like I did tonight and highlight those key terms and extract those principles, there will be a new level of revelation that comes that empowers you to know that the word of God is alive. It is alive, and it's going to actually bring you the victory. So I get really excited about that because, like I said, in the end, we win. So if you haven't won yet, it's not the end. Amen? All right, you guys have been such great, attentive students tonight. I love it. Thank you so much for your attention. I pray that this isn't something that, again, just sits casually on you, but you get stirred up, and you take this with you, and you go out there, and you come back, and you let us know how things are working for you in your lives. I so appreciate your time, your attention. Again, being soldiers coming out here in this heat, you guys are probably hungry now or tired, but we are just about on time. We're a little bit over, so I am going to relinquish the floor now. Um, but I just want you to know that next week, if you are coming back to week four, we are going to talk about faith boosters and faith busters these things that I call blessing blockers. So again, we want to make sure that we get the full gamut of being able to operate 100% in faith because we what? We walk by faith and not by sight. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for your time and attention. And I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Chuck, who is telling me to <laughs> hand it right back over to me. Thank you very much. So I will do the duties, ladies and gentlemen, of praying us out so we can all go home and have a blessed evening. So if you just want to bow your heads really quickly, Heavenly Father, we come to you again on one accord. What an honor and a privilege it is, Lord God, to worship you for who you are, Lord. You have been so good to us and so great to us, and we are extremely grateful beyond words, Lord God. I pray that every single word that was uttered tonight went deep into the hearts of your people, that you are right now by your spirit bringing illumination and light and understanding and empowerment to the people of this room, Lord God. So I just thank you that whatever it is that is attempting to block us from receiving your promises, whatever mountains or giants are in our way, we thank you that you have now equipped us with the knowledge and understanding so that we can now go and apply it in our everyday lives and give you, Father God, all 
the glory for it. So as we leave here tonight, we thank you that your angels are with us. They are encamped around about us to ensure our safety and well-being. Lord God, I pray for everyone in this room, their salvation, their safety, their well-being, and all of our friends, family, and loved ones. Lord, we commit their lives into your hands too, that they may come to know you, love you, and serve you alone all the days of their lives. This we all collectively say in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. All right. Thank you guys. You are awesome. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you very much. <laughs>